FMX Network production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Yeah, what's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first... Let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael to James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulpamex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpamex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. I just feel like we got to talk about Houston. We have five hours. Okay. Relax. <laughs> Everything to do with Blue Crew and you just amazes me. Hey, Ray, did you think about pulling the trigger on the quad? No. Okay. No, there was no shot. <laughs> there was no shot. I- Am I following you on Twitter? God, that's good analysis. Yeah. I was like, hey, dude, you, you fucking remember that? Yeah. I uh, pulled it up on YouTube. I showed him. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Race is super ready. You know? I don't know. What, who's he imitating? Brian Deegan. <laughs> he does talk funny. Oh! <laughs> Here we go. He, ch- he chizzed all over the field, dude. Oh, he was just chizzing everywhere. You, right. Our raft had sticky tear-offs. Hey. You, you also, ready? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pump and dump. Do you feel the way I f- about me? Do you feel the way about me that I feel the way about you? <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Talking to that fancy mic 
and doing your six hundred dollars switch and thing. Switcher, switch, yeah. You keep saying switcher thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. Yeah, no, listen, and you're using my coffee and my creamer. Things are tense. Phone right chargers. Now. Uh, phone chargers also too. Uh, Steve, Steve is uh, he acts like an only child. All right, we are back for another episode of the Pulpamex Wrap Up Show, the number one wrap up show in Moto. This week we will discuss episode four fifty one. I am Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. Uh, really, really great show. Really great guest tonight. I think we're going to have a good time. So right off the bat, let's uh, introduce them from Guts Racing, or brought to you by Guts Racing, the producer. That's not even right anymore, I guess. Uh, what's your title now, Travis Marks? It's changed. Uh, we'll go with director. Director of the Pulp Mix Show, Dune Goon, Travis Marks. What's up? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Our other guest, brought to you by, by Michelin Bicycle Tires, the producer, Talon Taylor. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up? You got me all excited. I thought you were going to introduce me first. <laughs> well, I can edit it. I'll swap it. I'll fix it. Yeah, because Taylor Taylor does kind of get the uh, – he, he gets the second intro a lot. He kind of – but – Marks deserves it. Marks yeah. Deserves it. Like, I wasn't <laughs> I even know. at I all upset when he got employee of the year on the Twitter poll. Like, I, the only thing I was upset was that – I, I you know I got I wasn't I was last. That was the only thing that bothered me. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, I was up there for a little oh, bit, man. but I I think I ended up with like thirteen percent, and then uh, was me it? Me and Tits tied. We weren't far ahead. Of yeah, you. fifteen. But I mean, look, you guys do more than I do, and that's I get a, that's whatever. We're not even gonna talk about that. Episode four fifty one <laughs> live from Houston, from the Thomas Victor's Garage Mahal, as they called it, the house that Phil built. Uh, in studio, man. This or in. In the Garage Mahal, we had Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, Timmy Ferry, Alex Ray, Daniel Blair, Dan Truman, Jeff Bloss, although he left early and didn't even do his segment, and then, of course, Christian Craig on the phone. All right, boys, so let's just real quick, Talon, uh, you said you only got to listen to it once, but overall, man, I mean, pretty good show with what they had to work with. I mean, a lot of good guests, not the best sound quality, but, uh, you know, with what they were dealing with, it was pretty good. Yeah, the sound quality wasn't the greatest, but honestly, after the first 10 minutes, you kind of just get used to the little bit of echo, and it wasn't bad, but I really like the roundtable type thing they do at the when they uh, are stuck in the city for the week, and they have they can bring in different guys like DB, yeah. A-Ray, you know, just having five guys in studio makes it makes it a little better, I think. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Marks, what about you, man? I mean, you weren't there to have to run the cameras or anything, but I think you were kind of holding down the fort back in I, I, de- dealing with the audio. I don't know if you were at Steve's house in studio or doing it from your home, but you were still working a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty minor. I, I just basically set up my computer, the same computer I use when I'm doing the, uh, the, the show because I'm still streaming to Facebook and YouTube, and I just basically input the audio stream into that and stream it to Facebook and YouTube like normal. And just, it just has the static graphic obviously without the video, um, which is kind of a bummer because I, I feel like video for that show, like one of, like one of those, especially where it was in garage mall, yeah. I feel like video would be incredible for something like that. It would have been uh, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, one, we have gotten very, very spoiled in the last, what's it been almost two years now with cameras year and a half. Um, yeah, just, just, uh, over, just a year. over a year. Okay, yeah. feels like longer, but we've gotten really spoiled because people are like, "What the hell?" You know, and it really—I was trying to figure out how the hell I was even going to listen before I realized you guys were doing the YouTube thing uh, before I got the invite. Uh, but 
Marks, I did think about this literally the day of. I was like, all I had to do is bring my cameras. I have a ATEM switcher. I have cameras. I could have logged on to the, the show account, you know, YouTube, and I could have run the cameras. Like, no problem. You could have. And then maybe your, uh, your, your placing in the Employee of the Year poll would have gone up a little bit. But yeah. You blew it. Well, I'll tell you what. This we're, is why we're you gonna... were last, Dark Side. What's that, Tyler? That's why you were last. <laughs> That's why you were last. You forgot the video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're a little low. I'm going to try to turn you up just a bit, Talon. Hang tight. Let's try that. Um, well, I did tell Steve that if he wants to do it again in Dallas, we will bring the equipment. TJ usually runs that equipment, so he asked if he can be in studio, and I said, no, you can set it up and you got to go. But <laughs> but uh, I think if everything works out, we may be able to do some video from the Dallas show. Um. Would you guys – all right, so there was a little bit of sound quality issues, Marks. Uh, obviously – the Garage Mahal, it's a metal building, uh, you know, no sound dampening, huge, echoey. And then we had Daniel Blair and uh, and Thomas in the back corner talking. They were pretty far away, but the mics were picking it up. But, uh, I mean, look, with what we got out of the show, at least we got a show, but it, it wasn't fantastic. No, and that's it's one of those things where it's tough, right? Because you, you're, you're given all these variables that you have to deal with, and it's totally out of the norm so you kind of have to just run with it yep it, it is a it is a bit some of that stuff does get a bit annoying if it goes on for too long like with the background uh conversations and, and stuff like that um i can kind of deal with a little bit of echo that doesn't bother me near as much but yeah some of the some of the background chatter was a, a little more annoying than anything um but again it's not like what he, what's he gonna do tell thomas to pipe down while they're in his garage you know it's, well, it's kind of tough so speaking of I was texting you asking if you were hearing it because I, I had either got a text or a message about who's that in the background. Uh, it was actually Hal, actually. He was listening on his phone from his phone while I was driving home. And I didn't, you know, so I was asking you if you could hear it. And, you know, I went back over there and asked, told Thomas and Daniel, hey, the mics are picking you guys up. And Thomas was like, fuck him. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> but they actually did quiet down. And Thomas was joking. So I think it got a little better. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and Steve, I was really surprised, Talon. I know you guys weren't there. Like, the whole time, okay, if there's that background noise in the studio in Vegas, Steve's going to be oh, com yeah. coming unglued. Yeah, if people are clicking pens or if there's yes. anything. Not yeah. phased at all in Houston, as far as I could tell. Not not visibly. He just went with it, rolled with it, probably knew what he was getting into. Um, but, Marks, before we really get into the show – What's you well you kind of told, talked about it already but what are the logistics of setting up a show like that and it really I guess you are, kind of already got into it but it's pretty simple huh uh, as far as like just streaming it while he's gone yeah let me ask you this here's what I want to know so how do you stream to YouTube and Facebook at the same time I know this is nobody you know what let's talk about that off air never mind let's talk about that off air all right so anyway let's get into the show 451 look guys we've heard a lot this week about the Airbnb situation, trash the trash on the floor, chargers, uh, rental vehicles, fuel, all kinds of good stuff like that. Let's listen to a little piece of audio. We're going to talk about what that'd be like. It's been a rough day for me and Weege. Weege, Weege and I's uh, day has been rocky. It's been rocky like your dog. Absolutely. It, it, it I don't is. know. Yeah. Here's why. Here's why. Where did you run to? Steve is in your head. He's bullied you. Now you want to be a full team player. You're so afraid of offending anyone in our group 
that he's in your head, and now you're going too far we're, to we try were, to accommodate We were going people. to get lunch today, and myself and Dan Truman are like, JT's working out in the gym, and uh, and JT's working out, and me and Dan are like, what about JT? I'm like, screw him. Let's go. I was like five feet that, that yeah, way. but I knew you were working out. You're not going to go eat. You don't, you, you don't. We're not going to get into the eating thing right now, but that's a whole other deal. No, he, he has a serious problem with my eating habits. So... <laughs> You said, I don't want to go. I'm going to wait for Weech. Yeah. Because he went on a run. Yeah. Why? Why? You don't need to. I'm good, dude. Sorry. You were the, we, literally would be the only one. You'd come back to no one. He is in your head. You're being too accommodating because you're afraid that Steve's going to come down on you. This is what it's like when we live together. I genuinely wanted your company. So then next thing I know, I'm running back here. JT goes driving by. Do you have a bleep on this show? No, it doesn't matter. You say what Yeah. I'm driving by. I wave. And he goes... You fucked me. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> all right, Talon. These guys are definitely, all three together are like uh, an old married couple, just constantly at each other, pick, pick, pick. I don't know that it would be much fun to hang out with these guys like this for a whole week. Oh, I think it would. They're, they're so close. It's just like giving your best buddy like some shit. Like, it's just normal guy stuff when you get a group together. You just kind of all talk crap on each other. Man, but it's not. But I was. Go ahead. I was surprised they didn't at least like hit JT up, like, "Hey, we're going to lunch in fifteen minutes. Like, do you want to shower real quick?" Like, yeah. They just they just dipped out. Kind of a dick funny. move, uh, Marks. Yeah, I mean, but would you expect anything less? Honestly, no, no, yeah, no. But and the, <laughs> the all the the videos that Mathis has been uh, posting throughout the weeks so of picking up trash. Did either of you see my Instagram post last night? Oh, yeah. I missed it. Oh, yeah. Mark's commented on it. You missed it, Talon. So they, once again, as in Saturday night and Tuesday night, bailed right before the races, the main or the races started and went down into the suite with Thomas Victor, left me upstairs, you know, and another guy by ourselves. But Steve left all his trash. So I picked his trash up, Steve. I put it in the trash can for you. I got this. That's awesome. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. Pick up your trash, Steve. Pick up your trash, Steve. Now, I was and then Weech was saying, Weech was saying Mathis was throwing trash on the ground so he could video him picking it up and I throwing it away. I fully believe that. I, I kind of believe it. Yeah, too. absolutely. That seems like something he would do just to, you know, make to make a video and, and stir the pot. Um, they have Steve, they, fake news. Yeah, yeah, fake news. Fake news. <laughs> um, as I said, so I want to give a, I do want to give a shout out to Thomas Victor, uh, the whole crew. Invited me over. Steve invited me over. It was awesome. They they had food, man. They had tacos, fajitas, uh, all kinds of great food. Um, Thomas's wife made fresh blueberry muffins. It was unreal. It was, yeah, I mean, you guys experience that every week with Pookie and Pookie Snacks and the, the catering they bring in, whatever food they bring in. But it was really cool. Thomas, um, hell of a dude. Really, really, you know, a guy like that with that kind of cash could be a you know, could be a bit of an asshole probably if he wanted talent. You, you kind of was expecting to be cocky. Just the most genuine guy I've ever, one of the most genuine guys I've ever met. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome that he's letting those guys post up in his garage mahal and letting them uh, put footprints all over and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did mention it towards the end. I'm freaking out. I put it in my garage. I was like, yeah. holy shit, you got to see my garage, my shop. It's it's a f- filthy mess. Um, well, just one of those cars in there is worth more than your whole shop, Dark Side. Dude, that, more than my shop, my house, my <laughs> everything I've ever owned. Yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, same. Yeah, pretty awesome. Um, 
the great Tim Ferry. I got the I've I've met Timmy before, but I've never really just got to sit and hang out. Uh, and you know, listen, we know he's not an avid listener of the show. He's probably never listened. He was very. He didn't know what was going on. He he rolled with it pretty well. Show jumped off the the rails a couple times. Marks with uh, bringing up bar show when other topics were going on. And again, Steve kind of just rolled with it. Didn't get too upset, but it made me laugh that he was throwing a a kink in the program. And typically he'd get upset, but just went with it. Yeah, it did seem a bit weird, right? Because he usually likes to keep it tight. He, I know it's been discussed before where, where. He just gets upset when things don't go how he uh, is planning them to go. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, with the Randy, with the videos and stuff like that. It's not that it's not that he's upset at the videos. He's upset that he's losing control of the show. And it seemed like, yeah, like you said, it didn't bother him as much, which was definitely interesting. I don't know if it's just because being somewhere else, you know, he thinks he, he goes in with the mindset that, that maybe may happen. Anyway. Yeah, a little looser program. Yeah, just because it's not the normal the normal show anyway, so so maybe that helps a little bit. I would assume between that and, and then, it being Timmy, like anything could have happened, and he would have been like, "All right, whatever." Yeah, well, at one point, at one point, Steve, because uh, Avery was there, he goes, "Hey, did you know Avery rode for Factory Yamaha for like three months?" I have that and audio. Timmy was looking at his phone. He goes, "Who? Like, who yeah. are you talking about?" So yeah, I, I have that. I'm actually gonna play that in a little bit. So yeah, that yeah. there was a few times that happened, but it's like, you know, he'd bring up three riders and then Timmy would go to Barsha. Like, oh, we're back on Barsha again. Okay. But Hey, we did eventually get to some race talk. Well, let's, let's go with this first. So Timmy, speaking of Timmy, not necessarily knowing what's going on, has known Jason Thomas forever. And here's what we got right before the show. Jason Thomas, a man you've known for longer than I have for 25 years. You said to him, are you married? (laughs) He did. He did ask that <laughs> about seven minutes ago. <laughs> I'm still. Hey JT, what's your I, marital status, dude? Like I mean, what? I mean, wouldn't you think you would know? I didn't really mean married. I just meant like fake married. Okay. All right. Either way. Because <laughs> I knew he had a girlfriend with kids and. Right. Okay. All right. I, I didn't know. All right. I just. I, and then he said, "Is what two years?" Yeah, it's been two years. <laughs> yeah, he started shedding a tear over there. Oh man. <laughs> no, I, as I said, Timmy a little bit out of the loop, but good sport, played along, and was very entertaining. And as I said, we did get to some racing talk, and I want to discuss the track conditions that they talked about. Uh, I thought Timmy had a really great uh, th- you know, thought process on it. He had a good insight, so let's listen to that. Timmy can attest to this. The, the levels of beatdown that these guys think tracks are, go back – a couple decades and go see what tracks looked like at the end of main events. Like, oh. and this is pre lime. This is pre working on the track 17 times throughout Very the night. True. They did a lot of, they did, I've never seen them actually do so much grooming. Yeah. I will say that. But like, and, and Tim, like, there was a race in like a year. Or but two. like, okay, Indy, like Indy 97. Yeah. You could barely jump the jumps. Hey, I actually did a practice one time where we had to roll the triple. Yeah. It, Atlanta it roll, 96. Man, when I look at videos, we were so slow. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying for them. Gosh, the, we were slow. For them the, to, the go, is like, like, yeah, to go max speed on that track yeah. when it gets beat up is, is not really. Is he the, the first old guy to ever, like. I've never heard no, this. I, right. I, I'll I'm never the, hear it again. Right. Make no, no. it drop. Yeah. Make it drop out I'm of that. I'm not that guy. I, the bikes have helped a lot. The bikes have helped a lot. Yeah. The level of competition, you know, is very deep, you know, so. All right, Talent. So that all started with him talking about the riders post-race H1 saying how the track got pretty beat up and it was, you know, really technical. 
And Timmy just was kind of like, oh, they have no idea. Now, you're a younger guy. You and Mark's both a little bit of younger guys. But I'm sure you've seen some of the races in the 90s and just what those tracks look like. And I, I liked his his outlook on it. Yeah, it's it's just completely different nowadays. Yeah. With the tracks, two strokes or four strokes now. But it's just a whole different ball game. It's quicker pace. The guys are riding more on that edge instead of, I don't know if they're really in their comfort zones before. I'm sure they're pushing, but now it seems like they're on the edge of not crashing, but they're they're pushing it. Yeah, it's a def it's definitely a different level. Uh, everything has changed, but I, I thought it was interesting just him kind of saying like when these guys say it's beat down, they have no idea what we dealt with. But then also the fact that he's like, oh god, we were we looked so slow, which they weren't. You know, they were hauling ass for that era. For what the bikes were, they capable. were still the best of the best. Yeah, in that era. but it does. Yeah. It's just so different. So I thought that was interesting. But all right, the big topic. All right, eight H one winner, third season opener winner in a row for Bam Bam Justin Barsha, and Steve asked, you know, is he for real? That was a good question that he kind of brought up, and let's get some responses. Okay, so I guess I'll start with this: Is Bam Bam for real? Like, is he? Is this it? I followed him on Instagram. Whoa. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's all, all right. we that's needed. Right? Hey. Yeah. Open and shut. Thanks he got for my attention. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. That's a wrap. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? That might be what Barsha needed, though, right there. Yeah. For me to follow, follow him? Yeah. yeah. For a follow yeah. Well, that would be a reoccurring thing throughout the night, Timmy Ferry's follow process. But JT later says with uh, Barsha that, you know, hey, ga with Gas Gas or will Gas Gas bring consistency and, you know, he was kind of missing the fun. I don't know that we still really know what Barsha's going to do yet. I think everybody's sort of up in the air on the show Monday night, uh, even after the second round last night. Dude looked good, but, you know, obviously didn't just run away with it. But what do you guys think? Uh, I'll go with you first, Marks. Is uh, Barsha for real? It's a good question. Obviously, it's the one that's on everyone's minds. Um, you know, you, you have to think that, there might be a little bit to it with a new bike and him coming out and winning the first, the first race on that new bike. Um, you know, and he did look good. He didn't, he didn't just win and he it wasn't muddy. Uh, I mean, he did it and he looked good and he held off Roxton for a whole race. So, uh, and obviously he had the, the bike issue in the second race. So that kind of throws a wrench in things, but it's, it's one to watch for sure. I, I think he'll be better than years prior. I wouldn't be surprised to get, see him get another win or two. Um, I would like to anyway. Like, I'm not the biggest Barsha fan. You know, just I think sometimes he's kind of a goofball. But uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I think it'd be I think it'd be cool to see him get one or two more just to just to silence some of the people that say, oh, here he goes again, one and done. I yeah. think it'd be cool to see him break that mold. Yeah, well, it made for a good conversation, and I'm sure I haven't listened to the review show for last night's race yet today. I haven't had a chance. I'm sure they'll get into it again, and then after this Saturday – you know, come Monday night, it'll probably be a, a continued topic. But uh, I think what JT said was, you know, was pretty on point that if he can be consistent, if the, the change in the bike and having fun is really what he needed, then we will see, see the same guy as we saw Saturday night, hopefully continue throughout the season. Uh, let's, let's step away from the race for just a minute. I want to talk to you guys, since you guys are both actual employees of Pulp Mex and I'm whatever you want to call me. But I want to get you, since we're all on here, your opinions on Steve's treatment of us as employees. Uh, last week, when Kiefer was in, he, he was talking to Steve about, you know, 
like self-help and being a motivator. And Steve said, well, I'm not that guy. You deal with him all the time, Talon. You, you know, Mark's you more probably, but what do you feel about Steve as a motivator, as an employee, uh, and his lack of motivational skills? I just don't think that's how Steve operates. And if he did try to motivate us, I don't think it would be authentic. Like, I think he just, we all know what our job is. And I don't know, we all try to do our best. I, and I think if we, I think if me and Marks were sucking, he would say something and try to get us working a little harder. But I don't know, I feel like we do a pretty good job and we all just trust each other. Yeah. Well, and when you come into work with a, a broke back and you still suck up five hours and sit there, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty not, good. Employee. Not my best performance, but I was there. Eh, man, you you were there, and that's a pretty. I'm that's a solid. Help, that's a solid employee. How about you, Marks? You deal with him on a regular basis. He gives you a lot. Talks shit on air like he does with me. Some of it's probably rooted in uh, what he actually believes, and some of it's probably show hype. But you know, the the apps coming soon kind of give you crap about all the different things. But you know, in the end. I feel like he's got a lot of trust in you and you, you run a lot of the stuff that's new to the show, but talk about, you know, experience, how he is as a boss for you experience wise. Yeah. Like Colin said, I think, I, I don't think that's really his MO uh, as far as, you know, trying to, he's not, he's not the football coach in the locker room, you know, <laughs> trying to pump everybody. Right, that's right. not him, you know? Um, but I think there is a he, he kind of does things in a different way, you know. I, I think with the comments about the app every show, you know, obviously it's for show a little bit. But I think there's a little bit of uh, trying to light a fire under me with that, just so he'll stop doing it. And sometimes like it does work a little bit. So things like that. Um, and you know, I deal with him date literally daily with other stuff. I'm, you know, we're working on the pulp server. We're working on keeping you know everything behind the scenes running. Um, and he, he can be a little more, um, I don't want to say like putting the hammer down or putting, you know, whatever you want to say there, but like he, he does try to keep things in line and, and he will come down Within on you. some sort of deadline. Yeah. He will come down on you. Like on me and Swizzcore, if, if things are taking too long or, you know, there's a couple things that I have going right now that he's like, come on, dude, like, let's get this done. Yeah. You know? So, um, it, it does. He's as nice as he can be about it, obviously. Um, but, you know, if it comes down to it, he can definitely give you a little push. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's... Well, he's still your boss. Yeah, he's still, still your boss. He's to get done. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I tell people, you know, and I've said it more than once on here, when he gives me shit on air, I believe he means a lot of it, or some of it. But I think a lot of it is exaggerated. Exaggerated, yeah. Uh, because if he really felt that negatively about some of the things we're doing, he probably wouldn't have me keep doing it, and he wouldn't invite me over to the shows and, and you know, whatever. So uh, a little bit of right. show, a little bit of Howard Sternish, you know, For sure. stuff, but also trying to, uh, you know, he constantly says, was Jeannie Carmichael easy on Ricky? You know, he, he loves that analogy. He probably used it ten times this last week when I was in Houston. Uh, and I'm sure I'll hear it many more times, but Weege, Weege was giving him a lot of crap about how little he pays me, but Steve was just like, well, you know, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. So that was, that was, uh, yep. yep that's the way it came down. Uh, Michelin. And it's good exposure for you and your show. Oh, hundred percent. Yep. Like it's, it has helped yeah. me tremendously. It absolutely has helped me tremendously. 
I, I have lots of respect for Steve, and I appreciate all he's done for me. As well as I, uh, I appreciate Randy Richardson and Michelin Bicycle Tires. You guys know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is once again a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram. And we have a, a winner of our Michelin mountain bike tire contest. I, I got a bunch of emails for this contest. It was really cool to get that many responses. I randomly drew a name and the name is Elaine Pettit. So, Elaine, I will email you. You are the winner of the Michelin Bicycle B, uh, Mountain Bike Tires. Congratulations. Uh, you guys run a Michelin on your mountain bikes or, you, or one of those other ones? You know what the right oh, answer is? I don't have a – yeah, I, I run Michelin on my mountain bike. Yeah, right on. Talon, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're <laughs> a heavy uh, mountain biker, aren't you? E-bike? Uh, I used to be, but I haven't. I don't have a mountain bike currently. Like two or three years ago, I was okay. biking quite a bit. Well, if you were, I'm sure that you would – run michelin oh yeah and randy actually just sent me a set of tires right before i got hurt for my dirt bike so as soon as i'll be riding i'll have some fresh michelins on my bike he's he's the best <clears throat> all right another question that got brought up in the show just after h1 right we got to have all these theories and all these questions who are you most worried about let's listen to what they had to say and we'll discuss it who are you most worried for okay are you ready oh i'm ready okay tomac anderson or webb who are you most worried for? Who goes first? You do. Anderson. JT. JT. I'll say Anderson. Timmy. Does Timmy even know what happened? Do you think at all? He was looking w at the results. Anderson? I was just looking at the results. Yeah, he's looking at the results. I'm going to go with Tomac. Okay. Uh, back to Barsha, because I'm running the show, right? Yeah. Back to Barsha. No, it's Timmy. That's where back we're to going. Barsha. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. Then he's going to get cleaned up by one. Yeah, they'll yeah clean well, exactly. Out. Don't ask me. Yeah. I'm going to say Tomac because nah, I'll just, I just say Tomac. Because okay. he, he said Tomac. Oh, okay. oh nice. I'm going to say Tomac because cause Timmy said it. We both ride Cowies, though. Yes. Cowie O'Neill yeah. rider. Yeah. 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 All right, Mark. So, obviously, we've had another race since this show happened, which is pretty unusual. So, we get a little more. What's that What's that noise back there, Talon? Oh, sorry. I was muted. I didn't know it was coming through. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. I muted my headphones, but I guess it don't. <laughs> no worries. That's a that's a clippy clippy. So <laughs> that's a fine. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, we've had another race. So Timmy said Eli, and he turned that around, obviously. But Jason was a probably one of the guys I'd say I'd be most worried about. I was watching him a lot last night and kind of trying to figure out like where he's at. Why is he not up there? Uh, but what'd you think about what they had to say with that? And, you know, were they right? Was it, in your opinion, was it Jason Anderson? I think, I think the guys that said Jason were right. I mean, yeah, I don't put a lot of stock when, when people say that, you know, worrying about Eli after one round, just because if you look back, like he, he typically doesn't have a great round one for whatever reason, uh, you know, so sure. Uh, I wouldn't have put a lot of stock into Timmy saying that, but the guys about Jason, like, between that and his Instagram post about, you know, not expecting much and that was know, weird round one. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff like that. And, it, you know, so until he, um, you know, starts putting it back on the podium or, or you know, getting closer to being up top, I, I would say 
going with Anderson was the right choice. Yeah, I think so too. And I think they those are the only three guys, uh, JT and Weege and Timmy, I think were the only three that even answered that question. But Jason seems like the most obvious one. Talon, what do you think? Okay, they talked about the Ken, the Kenny talk got brought up, right? JT asked Steve, how do you feel about your rocks and take? Uh, you know, and Steve kind of got upset. He really got wound up. He says uh, he's going to win races. And he said, like, ask JT, are you low on keto? And it just kind of went <laughs> Got a little aggressive. I don't know what that was all about. Why, why is Steve getting so wound up over this Kenny stuff? Is he just tired of hearing it? I almost wonder if someone in the Kenny camp said something to Steve or if Steve just doesn't want to get shit from the Kenny camp because I think he's cool with all those guys. He just yeah. doesn't really think Kenny will be in it for the long haul. Not saying he can't win races, but he just hasn't put it together for a full 17 rounds. Yeah. Steve's right about that. It's, but in, and you may be right. Maybe somebody said something who knows with the way these teams are. It's funny. I'm already starting to see a little bit of that. When you ask or say certain things, it gets around to people quick and they get upset quick. And it's, it's a little, that's kind of the vibe I got off it. He's yeah. a little defensive, Yeah, you know, which isn't usually Steve. Well, I think everybody was surprised. Even Timmy was like, wow, you're, you're getting angry and, <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't know what that was about either. I kind of, I was sitting there taking my notes and I kind of looked up to see what was going on. It seemed a, a little, a little excessive, but who knows? Once again, it could just be, he was playing along, but it, it didn't feel that way. Um, Timmy also, you know, we're, I'm all over the place. I'm just trying to think about things that happened throughout the show. We heard Timmy tell a Ray that he can really ride. And then he didn't know. You mentioned this earlier, I think, Talon, that he didn't know that A-Ray rode for Factory Yamaha. A-Ray was really excited about Timmy saying that. He, he's like, I'm going to take this to the grave. But the whole not knowing that Timmy rode for Yamaha, that's pretty typical Timmy. Uh, I'll play the audio for you. Do you know that he filled in at Factory Yamaha one year for the outdoors? Who? <laughs> oh, I was looking at the phone, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, did if you, you were not Tim yeah. Perry, he would just be berating you right now. If that was me, what just happened? It's fine. It's I fine. know. All right, as we said, we already talked about that. We think Steve, just let it go because he's Timmy. Uh, Timmy could probably get away just about anything, but pretty funny. Uh, A-Ray wasn't upset at all by that. He didn't care. He was just happy that Timmy said he was going to follow him on Instagram. I also want to thank Guts Racing, which was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point in their career, from Steve Lampson and Jeremy McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. So, uh, Christian Craig insanely looked insanely on top of things Saturday night marks a lot of hype. He's going to come on the, on the show, obviously Monday night and discussing what do you think about Christian's ride? Yeah, I think that's about as good as you can ask for. Right. I, I, there weren't really any glaring holes or mistakes that he made, you know, kind of wire to wire just looked solid. So I think that's the, the that's all you can hope for as, as a rider and probably as a team. So. Yeah, so we heard a few, maybe a month ago when Kiefer was in, uh, Christian was on the phone for when they were in Vegas. And, you know, look, Kiefer said he's the guy to beat. And Steve wasn't buying it for the championship. Now, a lot of people said, 
through over the weekend that Steve had, was shitting on Christian. Christian kind of called out some people in the pro and the podcasters in the press conference. Steve, in my opinion, never shit on Christian. Uh, I had, I sent that audio to him. Uh, you know, he just basically what you said, he's kind of never consistently done that. Well, what do you think about the whole, <clears throat> excuse me. What do you think about him calling out the podcasters and Steve's opinion of what Christian's done or can do? Well, Steve yeah, sorry, I was going to Mark's, but uh, you can go Talon. That's fine. Go ahead, oh, Talon. sorry, sorry. No, go ahead, Talon. Either way. Oh, he was uh, – uh, Steve said it, like, directly to Craig on the line. So yes. I don't think Craig took that as personally because it, it was to his face, you know, or over the phone, but still to his face. But I think – because he called out DB, didn't he? Yeah, I think he was leaning a little more to Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just don't think – I don't know. I don't think he handles the criticism as well as some of the other writers. I get that or he vibe. He listens into it a little too much. Yeah, I get that vibe a little bit. Well, let's let's listen to the audio and we'll talk about it. Uh, the Christian interview a little more. Hey, Christian Craig's coming up here right away. But first, let's let's talk about that ride. Like, wow, uh, phenomenal. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Timmy. Wow. Yeah, he he was good. I, I, I didn't have a lot of faith. I'm not going to lie. I haven't followed him yet, I don't think. Oh, so that, that is the uh, sign. <laughs> that is the sign. When you get the Timmy follow. Did you follow A-Ray? Yeah. yeah. What? He does? Oh, my gosh. I, I even like you. your stuff. You've oh, been in yeah. Florida for, like, months. Or Here, I'll follow him. Oh, <laughs> it happened. Cloud, honestly, honestly, I think what it changed for me this year is was the missing link. He got he got a new mechanic this year. Whenever he moved to Star Racing yeah. Yamaha, yeah, and, and that was everything that he needed. Yeah, and this whenever man, you and put this man, this man, Derek Rankin. Yeah, whenever you put him and Derek Rankin together, you just get heavy metal and greatness. Yeah, heavy metal and promos and, and wrestling, oh, promos. wrestling and oh, yeah. the else, walls right. of Jericho come up, and then you yeah. don't want to mess with that shit. Right, right. His old mechanic is Craig's guy. Have you ever ridden better? Christian. Yeah. I, I re, I, that's how I ride at practice every week. All right, Mark. So, yeah, that's a good good interview with Christian. He's always good. We got There's a few other things we'll talk about with his interview. But we hear that all the time, right, that Christian is flying at the track, track. He's got so much skill. He's so smooth, but just kind of has fallen apart in years past. And that's what Steve was trying to say. So far, you know, first and a third, looking good. So I think I think I feel like he's going to continue. I love <laughs> I love the Jericho Derek Rankin talk though. Uh, yeah, heavy metal. Uh, I'm all about that. So I think I just I don't know, man. I thought it was a great interview. I think Christian, you know, like you said, he kind of gets upset by some of the criticism a little bit. He does listen to it more than he probably should, but still came on the show, did a great job. What do you think of the interview overall? Do you like Christian as a guest? I do. I, I think he's a, you can tell he's a bit reserved and kind of quiet sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I can appreciate that because I get like that sometimes too, um, whether it seems like it or not. <laughs> but uh, he, he's always good. And I, I like the, the camaraderie between him and Steve. You know, obviously they're not afraid to be honest with each other, you know, as seen by last time Christian was on and Steve just basically telling him he doesn't think he's in the, in the hunt for the championship. But, the fact that he can come back on so soon and kind of talk about that kind of stuff and just open up about it, I, I, that's that's something I like to see from writers. I, I like it. Obviously, I think he does take some of the stuff too personally um, and probably just listens to it more than he should. But, again, the fact that he can just come back on 
Steve's show and talk with Steve about Steve's comments, basically. Um, I, I really like that. I really admire that. So I like Christian as a, as a whole, as a human. I like their family. And I hope, uh, hope, he, keep, he, hope he keeps it up. Yeah, and I'm sure he will. He, yeah, it's good of them. It, it's a lot. We Something we haven't really talked about so much with this week in one city. We talked about them not having maybe so much recovery time or trying to find places to ride. Steve's talked about that a whole bunch. But we haven't talked about all the media obligations. Like, it's pretty surprising and the, for the people listening that don't know. Typically, on a Supercross day, you know, they, they race, and then there would be a press conference right after. But now they're all virtual, so they do one Saturday night. Uh, then there's another one on Sunday with some of the other riders. Throughout the Sunday, Monday of this week, all of us media guys, Steve, we're trying to catch interviews, post-race interviews, trying to do Zoom calls. There's multiple failed Zoom calls. They're doing the Pulp Show. They're doing all the other podcasts. It's a lot, man. These guys aren't getting any real time probably to just chill out. I mean, they get some, obviously, but they're very busy. They're working the whole time. It was pretty impressive to see how the whole thing went, and Steve was nonstop. I mean, I know he's been putting out podcasts like crazy for you guys. Um, other things that Christian brought up, just little things to check out if you haven't, for some reason, listened to the show yet, and you're listening to this first, which I'd be blown away if that happened. But Christian talked about his crash with RJ, and uh, that you know RJ split his finger open, had to go get stitches, and he, he Venmoed him two hundred bucks. I thought that was a cool little insight to, you know, something we typically wouldn't hear about, uh, Talon. That was kind of cool to hear. I like that. Yeah, I, I did like that, too. Because you would never – that's something we would never know about if it wasn't for the show. Yeah, I think I think you're right. That's that's the stuff you – know, maybe if you listen to Swap Moto Live or Made Event, maybe you hear about that. But the, week in and week out, we get that behind-the-scenes stuff with Steve. And just – I'm jumping ahead, but at the end of the show, when we talk about his discussion with Thomas Victor – once they got off air, Steve was like, you guys, you know, put me on too high of a pedestal. And that's not exactly how he worded it. But because I said, you know, this show cannot go on without you. Like this show is you. That's why people listen. And he's like, I'm not I'm not that great or whatever. And he was being very humble. But the reality is what we get from his show is, I think, very different from what we get from the other shows. And that's why his followers and his listeners are so high. Um, let's a little bit of 250 talk went down. Jet, right? Me and Weeds were at press day. Steve's given Weeds lots of crap throughout the show, the Friday night show about his hype on Jet after press day, and, and it was real. The hype was real on press day. Jet was amazing. Uh, but Timmy Ferry says he's leaning a little more, more towards Fortner for the championship and the hype. JT says Jet's time is coming. It's building. I want to get your opinions, Talon. Uh so after Saturday's race, I wasn't all that high on Jet. I mean, obviously he's gonna be great. He's still young. Yeah. But after Tuesday's race, he's just so smooth, in control, and he he kind of worked everyone. Like I know uh, Hampshire and Fortner took each other down, but like four laps in, he had a ten second lead already. Yeah, and I want to something happened though that allowed him to get that far out. I thought it wasn't. Didn't somebody go down and gave him a gap? I, I think Fortner was second early and he went down and then he was going for second again yes. and went down with him yeah yeah um talent but weege during that segment had a really great line that timmy didn't catch at first but it was pretty damn funny let's listen i didn't hear what you said okay he said he could possibly win the title without winning a race are you making fun of me <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was good. Timmy didn't quite catch it, but I, I liked Weege's, uh, Weege's, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was, was on almost point. a Randyism. Yes, yes, he was on point. Shots fired, but uh, <laughs> Timmy took it well. He's funny, man. He Timmy's, is. I think he Timmy's, is. Timmy's humor is underrated, I think. He's he's a little quiet, and he's a little, like I said, he's not he's not so into the sport where he knows everything that's going on, and Steve busted him about that, joking with him a lot, but he's witty, and he played along, and it was really funny. I have this in my notes here in a minute, but I'll just say it now. Like At an hour and 43 minutes in, he got up for like the second or third time to go to the bathroom, and I was behind him, so when he turned around, he's like, do they not take breaks? <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah, about once every two hours, man. It was coming, but he he just didn't really, you know, know how the whole thing was going. But he was a good sport, and I I, I think he should like Steve should get him to Vegas and do another show uh, with him. I think he was really he was a lot better than I expected, Marks. Yeah, yeah, I, I did have some notes on just like little things like that where, yeah, I think I think just him being a little disconnected at times. It makes for funny moments like that. Um, you know, obviously there were a couple other times in the show where he doesn't always, like you said, know exactly what's going on 100% in the sport. And I think that makes for some, some funny content, funny moments. Yeah. And, you know, people can bust his balls a little bit and he can, you know, wit right back. And I think I think it makes for, for good entertainment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Talon, I want to talk to you guys both a little bit about show prep behind the scenes. Realistically, like – I know sometimes tits shows up last minute, or maybe you do too, but like how how early do you get there on average, and what are your responsibilities before showtime? So I usually get there around 4.30, 30 minutes before show start and BS for 10 or so minutes, and then I just start. Uh, there's a list of tweets that I got to send out, like show sponsors, and then basically that's about it. Just open up, make sure everything's open on my laptop, and then uh, – yeah, start the intro at 4.53. Not not too much now that we're rolling. Yeah. What about with phone calls coming in and you're you're trying to, I know, message Steve to let him know who's on the line. Sometimes the phone lines get busy. Like, during that time, are you primarily focused on phones or do you have other, you know, uh, other things that he has you doing also? I'm mostly focused on the phones, but I have to keep an ear out because he'll throw in the X brands randomly yes. or certain – certain segments randomly where I, I have to be on top of listening to the show just to make sure I hit the drop when I'm supposed to. But, and it seems like I'll pick up the phone and then he'll want to go to a show, like or yeah. go to a drop every time. And I'm not quite ready, but I somehow <laughs> sling it in there. Well, I feel like you've come a long way, man. When you first, you know, were started full time, basically you like the first few shows, you're a little slow on the drops, trying to figure it out. The things weren't working properly. Uh, but I think you've got it down now. It seems like I, I don't have any complaints. Yeah, and a, a, lo- a lot of that is just memorizing where the drops are because yeah. I'll hear, listen to the conversation. I'll be like, oh, this would be perfect. But by the time you go to find it in five seconds, like your, your timing is passed. So you really have to be on top of that and be ready for the drops. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still not as good at it as like Mark's and even Steve is throwing more in there now. But yeah. overall, I think Someone you did a good job. Someone needs to take Steve's iPad away. You think? <laughs> it's like you got to be a shiny toy. You have to click the button. Uh, is that relatively new for him? Because he used to do drops all the time, I thought. Well, he did. but he So he got 
a new program loaded on one of his newer iPads, and so he loaded in all the drops oh, that we have. That, and so that's why that's why you've been hearing him use a lot more, and especially the a lot Deacon more and the, the keepers. Ones. Right. Yeah. Okay. And he just plays yeah. them over and over, yeah. which it's been funny. It, it it's been working. It's funny, but yeah, he'll just play the same drop like a hundred times a show. Well, you just got to keep dropping the pew, the, the asshole drop over. Oh, I will. Don't worry. Uh, how about you, Marks? What what time do you normally get there? Uh, I know you got to get cameras set up, you know, feeds set up, and that can be very stressful when you come in and it worked the Monday before, and for some reason this week it doesn't work. I don't I don't know what you're talking about because that's definitely never happened. Okay. But, um, yeah. Um, I usually get there about 30 minutes before as well. Yeah. Talon's an overachiever because when I did Talon's job, I would get there at like 5.45. Uh, so he likes to he likes to make me look bad, but well, I, I like to get there and hang out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't care about all that. Like, I'll get there yeah. and work and leave. Um, but I'll get there. I gotta get the cameras set up. They don't they don't typically move from week to week, so it's mostly just turning them on, making sure they're good, setting the zoom, turning the lights on, um, and then I have to. I usually get logged into like Facebook and YouTube, get all that stuff going, edit the descriptions. I have the graphics to update for the show, like the ticker at the top that shows who's all coming on that night and where they're at in the lineup. I usually don't update that until I get there. Um, and I think that's about it. I feel like there's more. Yeah. Like if I get there a little bit late, man, it's like I'm cr- I'm crunching for time. What? So it, it, and it used to not always be like that. Like I felt like if I got there – at, you know, even 10 minutes before when I was doing the producer job, like, I was fine. I didn't yeah. really care. But if I get there at, you know, 4.35 rather than 4.30, I'm like, I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to jam through my stuff to make t- sure I'm ready to go. That know? time gets yeah. away and from you quick. Times, and there's a few times where, like, one thing will go wrong where, like, it won't link to YouTube or something. Yep. And Marks is scrambling. <laughs> but sure enough, like, 4.58 rolls around and he's good to go. Like, yeah. he always pulls it together. Dude, I know that But feeling. it's not always... It's not always super smooth before the show. Nope. I, I 100% know that feeling because my producer guy, TJ, isn't here all the time because he works in the oil field. So I'm sometimes calling him at two minutes before showtime going, what I do wrong? I don't have audio here or the video won't do this. And he's having to fix it over the phone and I'm stressed out and I get I get really wound up. So I, I feel for you. Um, I was going to ask you something else uh, and now I don't remember what the hell it was. Maybe I'll think of it and come back. So we'll we'll move on for now, but I oh no, I lost it. Jesus. Whew, I'm tired, guys. I'm tired. Haven't had much sleep. <laughs> haven't had I'll much sleep. Yeah, haven't had much sleep. Okay. We Vietnam Vic. I want to ask you guys about this. Funniest story in the history of pulp? You first, Marks. Oh man, in the history of pulp? That's tough. I don't I don't want to have like it's tough not to have recency bias because it just happened, obviously, you know, and so it's still fresh in your mind. But gosh, it was so good. Like I've, I watched it on YouTube, yeah. probably without exaggeration, close to probably ten times already. I've never seen Steve laugh like that, and that's what had me laughing. And now I just remember what I was going to ask you, but we'll, we'll finish the Vietnam Vic thing first. That when when you are with, watching something funny, and you think it's mildly funny, but somebody else is cracking up, you can't help but laughing. And I thought it was hilarious. And Steve was freaking couldn't hardly breathe. I, I had tears in my eyes. To me, that it is the funniest thing I've ever seen on the show. What about you, Talon? 
yeah, so I missed like the first half of the story because I was getting um, Sean from Decal Works on the line. Oh yeah, and I, I I look up and Steve is just wiping tears from his <laughs> eyes, and I was just like, "What the heck did I just miss?" So I had to go back and listen to it. But yeah, that was that was hilarious. One of the best stories. It, it's gonna hang around a long time. But what I was gonna ask you, Marks, or tell you is I'd never realized with the YouTube stuff, and and I, I'm sure it's the same on Facebook, like until literally two shows ago or. Two, two Vegas shows ago that at the top of the ticker, you have everything like in order, like who's coming up next. Never, yeah, bro. never. I mean, I knew that stuff was up there, but I never paid attention. And somebody on the YouTube chat was like, Hey, has so-and-so come on yet? And they're like, yeah, he's coming up next. Look at the top. And I was like, wow, genius. <laughs> Jeez. That's, uh, that, that's the, that's the goal. Obviously it's just not, really a way to make it known that that's what that's doing i think you just kind of hope that people figure that yeah. out um but i do don't don't feel back it's not just you i see comments like that literally every week i don't think there's been a week since we started doing that that i haven't at least seen a comment like has so-and-so been on or when does so-and-so come on you yeah know? um so, so it's, it's not just you and it's, and obviously it can change sometimes like i don't always have all the info, like the race tech rant can, can change where it goes and you'll sure. see me like modify it as, as the show's going on and kind of move things around. We try to get it as close as, as we can at least. Well, so. you're doing a good job. Uh, you know, and speaking of, we're still, we're not, we're kind of getting away from this week's episode, but that's, this is stuff Steve said he wants the behind the scenes stuff. So, uh, yeah, all did, the, all the fun. chat rooms, you, I don't know if you still deal with the Pulp Mex chat room, but you're doing YouTube, Facebook, I think you're on uh, my mind on uh, Discord, and you're you're dealing with all those people too, and like you're answering questions while you're doing all the other stuff. You're ju- you personally more so than talent. Obviously, he said he's not doing much of anything. You're juggling a lot of stuff. Yeah, it it does. And then I've got multiple screens going. You know, yeah. I, I you know I have uh, Slack and Discord up on one screen just so I can keep an eye on what Steve and Talon are saying or Stephen Tits and and Discord. And then I'm kind of swiping back and forth between the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat and responding and, and to then, people, answering questions. Right. Yeah, and I you know I try to be on top of that stuff. It's 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 definitely like I could just not and and have less to do. But, yeah, you know it's. If I can interact a little bit or, you know, we'll even, and Talon does as well, like if we see a question on Facebook or YouTube and we think it's relevant and we think it's good, we'll copy-paste it into the chat with Steve and, and send it over to Steve for him to ask, you know, stuff like that. So we just try to we try to be on top of it as much as we can. Yeah, along with answering texts from me. And, you know, I try to get in there and answer questions if listeners have questions, if I know the answer, and try to help out a little bit. But it's a lot, well, you man. Do, yeah. You guys do a great job. Okay, let's get back to uh, 451. Tim Ferry, he mentioned this was this was kind of humorous too. Once again, Timmy just not being quite up to date. Uh, he used to get a lot of information from Twitter, Talon, but uh, you know his it's down. He, he can't log back in. He, he it, forgot his password. Yeah, yeah, to his old email. I feel his pain. I feel like I've been there before. He had this old email that you don't use anymore. Uh, and Steve, I don't know if it was on air, but I think he said, uh, can, can our, our guys back home fix that? You know, we just get it over. Yeah, to... that was on air. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they ever got them logged in or not, but it was, it was just fun throughout the whole night watching Timmy be a little bit out of his element. Um, 
You guys mentioned bad news is we cannot help him if he if he doesn't have that email and can't get in, he's screwed. Yeah, I know Dan Truman was trying to help him a little bit, but I don't think they ever did figure it out. Uh, you guys mentioned Race Tech rants, usually one of my favorite uh, segments. Pulp Twenty saves at race at Race Tech for uh, support all the Pulp Mech sponsors. So he asked everybody on air who what the rants were. Let's see, Timmy had none. A Ray brought his plane and passengers one up again, where we found out Weeds turns his phone off because that's what they tell him to do. <laughs> classic Weeds. Yeah, classic Weeds. JT with the COVID rules, uh, no no common sense COVID rules. Uh, any anything on either of those marks? Anything that stood out? I mean, they're always entertaining, but they were kind of rehashed ones, honestly. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking too as they were going. I was like, obviously, we've heard them both before. There are things that they're both obviously very adamant about, but I think the the point to take away there is that they're both things that both of those guys deal with continually. True. So that's why there's that's why they're still they're still. Uh, they're still their race tech rants because like that's stuff that they're you know with traveling and stuff I'm sure you can attest to is that's stuff that they're dealing with all the time so that's why that's why it's still fresh on their mind yeah I, I'm with a I don't fly anywhere near mu- as much as they do but I'm always like you know I'm wait till the plane pulls up and when everybody behind you stands up and they're ready to go I'm like dude we're not going anywhere for a minute hang tight I get it and, and JT too like down in Houston they're much more strict on the COVID regulations with masks than they are in north, northern East Texas, where I am. So every time I'd go into a place, I'd forget my mask and like, oh, okay, come in. Come on, dude. And, and like the, the COVID stuff yeah. at the race, the fact that as media, we cannot do on-site interviews, even though we all tested, quick test, negative. We cannot do interviews. That seemed a little silly to me. Uh, they had a rule that they talked about the, the mechanics can't ride on the back of the bikes, and the stadium's a long freaking way. It takes a, a long w- route to get to the pits. But they did – I noticed yesterday they had – I think they must have changed that because all the, the mechanics were on the back of the bike. But those things – those are the kind of rules that JT was alluding to, I think. Those weird – this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he said he said he had issues with the rules that were more for show, that they didn't really uh, yeah. actually – Do anything? Really change – really do anything, but they were to look good on TV or to not get in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, Seal Savers, another proud sponsor of the Pul- – I hope they're proud sponsor of the Pulp Mike's Wrap-Up Show. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their Zip-On Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive – Products for your side-by-side, Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. And speaking of saving and sponsors, just go to pulpmexshow.com. Click on the Sponsor Deals tab. There's a list of sponsors and discount codes and links you guys can use. Uh, I use them all the time. One that I want to promote or I want to mention that I don't know if is actually on the website is R Jerky, the letter R. It's the Wagemans, you know, Robbie Ray, Wageman and RJ Ray. I can't get those together. Robbie Wageman and RJ Wageman's Jerky Company. Dude, the stuff is so freaking good. Steve gave me some when I was in Vegas. I fell in love with the sizzling hot or whatever it is. I used the pulp code. It's pulpmx 
20, I believe. Uh, yeah, Pulp and Mix 20 at eat R, the letter R, meat, eatrmeat.com. And Seven Deuce Deuce has a brisket one that's fantastic. Go use that. I, I ordered some the week before I left to Houston. I ate both bags on the way to Houston. So while I was in the press box Saturday, I ordered a bunch more. It's awesome. Have you guys ever? It's, le- it's legit good. It's, it's oh. like we, you know, Talon and I get to take some whenever there's some available in the yeah. studio. And it's, it's hard for me not to eat a whole bag at once. Oh, I did. I, I ate the whole. I didn't think I would like the seven deuce deuce brisket one that much. And I ate the whole thing on the way to Houston, literally the whole bag. It's a four hour drive. And then I got into the sizzling hot one and I ran out of water and I was in a bind because it's hot, but I I like that. That'll hurt. Yeah. I like it that way though, but that stuff's good. So yeah, go check that out. Eatourmeat.com. And I want to congratulate uh, the guy that won the TTR on the show Monday night. That's RJK519. I don't know if that's Instagram or email or how, what that came from Marks, but that's uh Good, good to him winning the TTR. I, I would have rather been the winner. I don't know how hard it is for you just to say my name. I, I trust me. Sorry, my dog's barking, but trust That's me, I, I, I tried to weight your name a little bit in there, but it just didn't, it didn't work out. I still think it'd be funny with when at the end of the year when we draw the winner for one of the Yamahas, you say Dark Side him. You know, I, I just, it's you can't do it now because I just said it, but it would be great. I think Steve's reaction would be. Second to none. Well, can you imagine, like, for one, whether it's a joke or not, but can you imagine uh, if you did happen to win, like, the the, the backlash or yes. I don't know if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. The, outrage. Call it the, the outrage. The outrage. Out, outrage, good word, would be enormous. And, and that would be awesome. <laughs> for 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 you maybe gosh I can't even imagine what we would have to deal with uh, yeah they would they would definitely call for a recount and cheating and all kinds of good stuff uh all hey, right let's marks go ahead was that R J R J no okay I heard uh, the R J K I was like huh I wonder if that was him that's funny I didn't even think of that don't tell R J yeah. that but <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you listening uh the Yamaha LCQ challenge is live that's on both sites pulpmx and pulpmxshow.com the LCQ challenge yeah are there links yeah, on both a, uh just the pulpmx uh okay. website it has a link to it all right we'll go check that out uh X brand tear offs one of my favorite segments as an X brand Rep, uh, just so you guys know, Freddie Norn was wearing the new goggle Saturday and Tuesday. Those things, they're getting here, guys. They're getting here, man. I promise you they're coming. It's not easy at this day and age with COVID and, and being a smaller business, getting everything done, but they are coming. Uh, let's listen to this piece of audio, and we'll talk about some of the X-Brand tear-offs. What did Mathis fuck up the most when he was your mechanic? <laughs> Houston. Houston was a good one. What happened there? You re- you wheelied him off the back of the bike. It's <laughs> uh, fucked up. Still hurt to this day? No, it was great. It fixed I would my say back. fixed my back. I don't know, man. You're a pretty good mechanic. Oh, oh God. Oh. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Don't even. So, uh, Talon, I'm going to say it was a really good thing we were in Thomas's garage because there's a lot of space for how big Steve's head got. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I actually uh, don't remember hearing that live. So that's oh, really? Funny. Yeah, just 
Yeah. You know Steve had to have been loving Oh, that. he like, did. Timmy, Timmy just finally giving him all his glory. Yeah, I, I said, of course, I was off air so nobody could hear me. I was like, yeah, there's no chance I'm cutting that piece of audio. But yeah, I did. I sent it to Steve. You know, I had to be had to be a nice, good employee. Uh, also on the X-Brand Terras, we got the Dan Truman story, Marks. The rental car story? Oh, my gosh, yes. What the hell? Like, I don't even know. Like, that's funny. It's insane. But, like, I just I could not have been a part of that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could have either. I'm kind of a, a goody two-shoes yes. as far as yes. things like that go. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe a little bit here and there. But, man, that story is uh, is next level. I, I, I would have been out of there for sure. I am not looking to spend any time in jail ever. <laughs> That's all you can do. We, we can't hang out with these dudes. They just, they, they're on another level. They, they kind of do their deal and. You gotta be, you gotta be in it or, or get out. Yeah, I definitely would not be hanging with that crowd. I would be, I would not fit in. Um, Talon, what do you think of the story? That was, it was a fantastic story. Yeah, no, it was great. And then even Dan was even worried about it too because when yeah. we got back to the race, he wouldn't even tell JT. He's like, "Oh, we took care of it." JT's yeah, like, well, yeah, what'd yeah. What you do? And he's like, "Well, we handled it. Don't worry about it." Keeping JT out of trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah. The other story that Dan had, guys, was you know he he took over. Uh, they sold the goat farm. He's he's kind of man, managing it right now. And he talked about all these bikes they're finding, these mythological Ricky Carmichael bikes. Dude, I, how great would it be, Talon, to be able to just do what he's doing and ride around this property and discover treasures? Yeah, stuff that RC probably doesn't even remember. Yet. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. It would be really cool to, one, just see the goat farm. But, yeah, to go through, I guess there's a shed somewhere on the property that has a bunch of old trophies and Sounds bikes. Like... And yeah. It'd be, it'd be really cool to go through and see all that. Yeah. Good stuff from Dan. If you guys haven't listened to the whole show, go back and check it out. Hey, I also want to mention last time Mar- uh, Kiefer was on and it might, I guess a couple weeks ago when I called in, he asked, you know, about getting some female listeners onto the wrap up show. So I want to thank, we've had three reach out <clears throat> so far. And if any more want to do it, please reach out. But I want to thank uh, Trisha Olson, Carly Phillips, and Rachel Small all coming on in the next few episodes. Rachel will actually be on next week. She was the first one to reach out. So we're going to get some female perspective. Uh, I think Steve didn't really think any women listened. And Kiefer hopefully will enjoy it. So I appreciate you guys reaching out, you ladies. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know who the other guests will be, but we'll figure it out. Uh, Motorsport tweet at Steve this week. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. This is one. I only have a couple of these that I made mention of. Weege was asked a question, Marks. If you had to choose between drinking a bottle of water from the hotel or drinking out of the toilet tank, which would you choose? Were you at all surprised by his reaction? Uh, no. I mean, I don't know how you could be at this point. Yeah. He, you know, like weed, weed, anything to to save some money? Like, come on. Yeah. He. I'll, t- I'll give you a little story. So Saturday, I want to say maybe during the last qualifying practice but maybe right before the night show i went down to get some food 
I got a barbecue sandwich and a Coke, and I texted Steve and Weege, would you guys like a Coke? Yes, please. Steve, or that was Steve, Steve said yes, a Coke. Weege said, do I have to pay for it? So <laughs> that was Weege's response to my text. Yeah, I was that like, sounds about right. No, I'll, I'll hook you up. And I'm sure you <laughs> bought him a Coke, yeah. Yeah, what do you guys think? A barbecue, a chopped beef sandwich and three Cokes costs at Houston Stadium. Talon. Uh, 20 bucks. Okay. Marks? Wait, wait, what What was it? A, bar- what was a it barbecued, a chopped beef sandwich, so a barbecue beef sandwich, like a chopped beef, gotcha. and, and three Cokes. And these are the... And I'll, three I'll, Cokes. Yeah, three Cokes. Like in the co- Coke, right? They're in the... Like coll- they're in the no, they're in the collector's cup. So, yeah. so uh, if you want to go again, Talon, I'll let you give me another... I'm gonna bump up to 25. Okay, Marks. I'm saying I'm saying you're like 35 to 40. 47 dollars. Oh wow, yeah, that's insane. I think I can for, see if it was three beers, you know, being 47, but three sodas. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they bumped the prices up even more than normal because of the lack of audience. But it was right. 25 dollars for a sandwich and a drink, and then if you got the drink by itself, they were 9.50 a piece. That's Forty-seven insane. bucks. I got up there and we had cash out, and he said, "How much did that cost?" And I was like, "Dude, you don't even want to know. Just don't worry about it." So, yeah, yeah, that was cr- what a guy. You should have taken him up on it. I probably should have. I'm yeah, because he could have expensed it to Racer X. That came out of my pocket. I was pocket. gonna say Racer X was probably paying well, for it anyway. Yeah, well, Steve, I think I think we said, "Yeah, Steve, you don't pay him enough to be paying this." And I was like, "Well, in a roundabout way, he did pay it because I used the pay from the Pulp Show to pay for it." So, but, unbelievable. Um. All right, Talon, how about we just story about his, his trainer story, the, the guy with PTSD, 13 more weeks. <laughs> we, we told spend money on anything, but he's so scared of this guy. What Did, was it, like $1,800 he paid him for uh, physical training? Yeah, it made training. no sense at all. But no. I was the whole time I was just waiting for some way that he saved money on it. But in the end, he just lost money. He saved his life, though, in his own <laughs> yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the last section of the show. Steve, man, all night leading up to the show, through the show, he's got this business deal. He wants to run by Thomas Victor and Jeff Bloss, who had already left. Jeff bailed. He, he was just not – he wasn't into it. It wasn't his thing. So Steve tries to sell Thomas, who at one time, if you don't know, owned InFab. InFab sponsored – was a major sponsor at JGR. And so Steve's trying to te- uh, sell him on starting a new team where Red Dog will do the training, Steve will be the manager, JT will run the VIP, and we'll just rotate through guys. Seems like a great idea, right? Well, let's see what Thomas has to say. And then this is going to lead into a second idea. What do you think? Yeah, I think. We got money uh, from Gett and Athena. I think if somebody would have thought about this Previously, they probably already would have done it, and I just think it's a dumb idea. You can be you can be silent partner. <laughs> Something Steve would never be as a silent partner. <laughs> <laughs> we just need all your money. I want to sell Pulp Mix, and you should buy it. You should buy Pulp Mix. I have. You a, want to sell I, your microphone and your little <laughs> thing over here I, with the switches have, and dials on it? I have a vast audience across a multi-platform that are listening to what. How long do you think that built-in lasts without you at the mic? I will be around. I'll be consulting. I'll help you find the next guy. I'll help you, you know. We'll, is that why you got him coming down the pipe? Exactly. We'll get Dark so Side in there. The Pony Pop. Pulp we'll, Mex. Dark Side. Dark Side is the puppeteer. Yeah. All right, Timmy, I'm going to pitch it to you. Listen. $1 million. 
I can't. I would. I wouldn't give you a dollar for it. <laughs> I, talent? You think I can get behind that microphone and do what you do? I'm not saying it's you. I'm saying we'll get someone. We'll get someone. Pony's right there. He's ready. Talking to that fancy mic and doing your six hundred dollars switch and thing. Switch your switch. Yeah. You keep saying switch your thing. <laughs> uh, talent. I'll, I'll go to you first, Steve. Look first. I don't believe for a second Steve's looking to get out of it. Very entertaining idea. Uh, Thomas was having none of it. Uh, I I definitely think there's some good. If you listen to the whole segment, there's some good ideas there. If he could find a money guy to get behind the show and have a percentage of it, but not buy it outright. But I don't know. What do you think of the whole thing? Uh, any thoughts? Whether Steve is legitimately trying to get out or just having fun? I think he's just having fun with it. But I love Thomas's. Like he just kept saying that little switchy thing. It, <laughs> that only costs like six hundred bucks. What do I need to pay you eight hundred thousand for? Right. I'll just buy that switchy thing. Yeah, he, was, he had great. he was you could see the 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 businessman, the money maker on Thomas. He's like, okay, this doesn't make sense. This isn't going to work. And he's right, right? I mean, the pulp MX it's like again, we always go to Howard Stern because there's a little bit of that in Steve's show. You can't have the Howard Stern show without Howard. There's lots of morning shows and talk shows, but there is only one Howard in the way he does things the right way. Now, could somebody else take over the pulp empire marks and do a good job with it. Sure. But it's not that look, the people listen because of what the dynamic is, the, the way Steve is the interaction with JT and Weege and Kiefer and, and the regular co-host, there is a formula that works with the group. Yeah. And I think, I think JT obviously says that a lot. Um, you know, there's no pulp mix without Steve and he has to rehash that to Steve all the time, whether whether Steve believes that there could be pulled next without Steve or not, you know, is, is a different discussion. But uh, yeah, it was it was quite funny. I like how Thomas just basically said that's a that's a dumb idea. Like he's very <laughs> yeah. blunt, very yes. very like straight to the point businessman. Uh, and I I like that. I just thought the whole the whole talk was interesting. I I like business talk. Like I, I find it you know interesting and always always entertaining. Whether they were being a bit a bit uh, exaggerated or trying to be funny for the show. Obviously I think that was there a little bit, but I think I always think that's what's interesting. So, yeah. And I think, like I said, I think there's uh, some good basis for what he's trying to do. Like if, if you could get somebody like, you know, if you could get a major uh, company to say, or, or a financer to say, all right, I'm going to finance, I'm going to get 20% or 10% of the business but we're going to try to take it to this next level somehow, uh, you know, marketing wise or whatever, maybe there, it would be good, but S Steve needs to be the host, not just a consultant. I don't think I think, but I don't know, man, the, the business that he owns, the Pulp MX empire has gone, come a long way in the last 10 years, in the last two years, it's grown in my opinion, exponentially, if that's the right way to say it, you know, with viewers and the video and it can, it can continue to go up. And maybe a little more finance would help. But, yeah, as far as actually selling it and pulling away, I don't see it happening. I don't think that's really even what he wants. Even him saying, oh, man, I, I got, I'm out because Evan Ferry's maybe going pro next year. It's just all talk, Talon. Yeah, it's just all talk. And at the end of the day, what would he do? Steve is, what else Steve would he is do? Pulp MX. Yeah. It, yeah, that's another thing. What else would he do? But, yeah, it's just – at the end of the day, it's just Steve is Pulp and – I don't know, just what he brings in the yeah. relationship with the writers and other people in the industry and getting these people to loosen up more than they would on 
a different podcast is what Steve brings to the table. I agree. I, yeah, I could see Mark's – okay, Steve sells Pulpamex this year. He retires. Maybe he's a consultant. Come 2022, A1, H1, whatever, Steve's there. He's in the Kawasaki truck drinking coffee, talking to the riders, and tweeting about it. He's still doing the same thing. There's no freaking way he's sitting at home. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I know there are times where he gets a little burnt out on just the travel aspect and stuff. But yeah, I don't. I don't see him just sitting at home forever. Like right. that's just not. That's just not in his. You know how how he works. At least not right now, anyway. So whether that changes down the road, who knows? But for now, yeah, you just, I just don't see it. I don't either. Um, I think that's a wrap, guys. I feel like there's a couple of things I was going to touch on, but I got to get packed and head back to Houston in the morning. Freaking, just grinding. Grinding. You have no idea. Grinding. I was going to actually, so it's Wednesday night, we're recording this. I was actually going to work my real job tomorrow and then leave tomorrow night, but there's an opportunity to go out to Three Palms where a lot of the factory teams are renting four-hour blocks on the Supercross track, and I want to go out there and grind. And get some. I'm going to get some footage. Wow. I'm going to get some coverage and, you know, maybe get some inside scoop for – the the pony pod as steve calls it but it's the moto x pod show guys again i'm dark side from the pulpamux wrap-up show and the moto x pod show if you have any questions comments thoughts anything for uh hello pookie dark side at pulpamux.com again check out pulpamuxshow.com and use the uh, sponsor tab to use save money get products a lot of good stuff out there um marks anything else no, no, I think it. Uh, I think you did a good job for being tired and just you know grinding your life away. So I think this went well. Yeah, I literally drove four. Well, <laughs> Steve will call me out on this. I I told I drove four and a half hours home to come do the show because I didn't have the equipment to do it there. But I I kind of fucked up and oh, sorry about that. I kind of messed up by telling him I was actually I wanted to come home and see my chick too. But so when I when I was sort of trying to get a little sympathy from the other guys, I was like, yeah, I got to drive four and a half hours home to do a show. Steve's like, no, dude, you said you want to go home and see your chick. Ah, oh, crap. Dude, I was trying to make it sound like I was only coming home to grind, but, yeah, well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm going to do some grinding here in a minute there, Talon. Yeah, okay. So, anything else, Talon? Uh, just one question for you guys before we leave. Yeah. Uh, so, he does a show on Monday. It's always been Monday. But with these uh, races where he's going to be, you know, this week he's in Houston for a week and then he'll be somewhere else for a week. Do you guys think he should maybe change it to Tuesday so you can get the Sunday? They race Tuesday. They wrap up on Wednesday or on Wednesday. Sorry. So do the that way you have the do the pulp show on Wednesday because I felt like because I listened to it mostly today and yeah. yesterday I felt like I kind of a lot of it was kind of outdated because we already had a race. Yeah, uh, not a bad point. I'm sure there's some reason that he wouldn't want to. Um, I would well. Well, and then it would push back his fantasy. He does so much that it yeah. Would probably, be I, hard to work with. I think but. he's just kind of have to deal with it th- this season when they're having three races and people are just going to have to accept it. And it's a little odd, but yeah, with the, because then you got the fly moto 60 show on Thursday. I assume he's doing that tomorrow from, from Thomas's house. And yeah, there's just so much going on to squeeze another one in on Wednesday or whatever would be difficult. So yeah, it's just going to be just a- listening back. I was, I was listening today and I was like, Oh, well, I already know some of this. Yeah. You know, they're talking about Houston two predictions and yep. i'm like well i already know what happened but. <laughs> yeah yeah not a bad i thought but yeah I'm, I'm sure he's just gonna keep it the way it is and again yeah. hopefully in dallas we'll have cameras set up uh we can maybe get you guys some live video from that one at the very least uh all right well marks uh talent thank you so much for some time 
I look forward to doing another one of these next week with Rachel and whoever else I decide to get on. Other than that, it's a wrap. We're out of here. Uh, when's Evan turning pro? When are we thinking? Uh, probably next year sometime. Well, wow. it's been a nice run. Bonus? I'm out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Say